You're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy. Our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. We do all of this in less than 30 minutes. Let's get started. Hello, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Chantel Dedeke. You are listening to the Hello Francis podcast. We're so happy that you're here. If you've been following along uh, for the last couple of years since we've launched this pod in September of 2019, our team here at Hello Francis, we've been finding ways to kind of integrate the personalities of our team into the pod and bringing along experts and then taking assessments and then presenting that to you. I think we're a tiny bit obsessed. I don't absolutely love that word, but we are a tiny bit obsessed, but guess what? You are obsessed too. That's what you tell us. And so whenever we can, we try to bring someone here with us into this space that actually knows what they're talking about. And that's what we have today. I'm very excited. Hillary Durso connected with Jen Whitmer and she is a motivational speaker and she's an expert on an on the Enneagram. She's a coach. She helps teams and leaders solve conflict and personality clashes. And we are super stoked to have Jen today. Hi, Jen. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Yay! So everybody in the office is kind of buzzing about you oh. and we've been following you on Instagram and we're all a little bit obsessed with you. We get a little Enneagram obsessed with then, you know, we're obsessed with the people who really understand and can translate the Enneagram for the rest of us yeah. that are just trying our best to understand who we are, let alone other people. <laughs> and so I am having a tiny bit of a fangirl moment, but wow, I've never had that before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling thanks. Good. I'm glad. That's awesome. We, so we are just completely obsessed about the Enneagram and we know that you're an expert. You speak on the subject a lot, but specifically how it can be utilized as a tool of understanding and conflict resolution. Will yes. you introduce yourself to our audience and, and give us a little bit about just give us some mind stuff, some wisdom, some Enneagram wisdom, Jen. Oh. <laughs> well, that's a lot to introduce myself and drop the Enneagram wisdom. Right. So I should say, so yeah, my name is Jen Whitmer and I am a mom of four married to my high school sweetheart. And so therefore I like coffee a lot and <laughs> I, for work, am a leadership speaker and an Enneagram coach. And I work with conflict resolution and communication specifically because of a really terrible work experience, a toxic mm. work environment that the highest level symptom of the issue was conflict. And that was unresolved conflict and mismanaged conflict. And it really destroyed a culture and actually devastated me personally for a while. And in that process, I had rediscovered the Enneagram. And what was helpful about that is I could see what my own issues and fears and triggers and contributions to the situation were, but then it also became really clear how much was not me and mm -hmm. what I needed to do was leave. And was it was such a devastating and challenging time, but I look back and I hate that it hurts. However, real joy has deep roots and those roots are formed in the dark. And that was a dark time that has really catapulted me into helping other people 
understand themselves, understand the Enneagram and how our self-awareness can have such a positive impact on challenging conversations, on conflict resolution, and just regular old everyday communication, especially in the workplace. So that is Mm. who I am and how I have come to doing this work. Well, that's fantastic. We love the research behind the Enneagram and Last year, we launched our Enneagram in the Workplace booklet. Our team designed it. It was kind of a passion, fun project that brought all of us together. We determined a lot of the research from sources that we sourced, but then also from our team engagement, because uh, as I was sharing with you before the call, our team of 10 has every Enneagram number represented. So we are this weird little test bubble. Love it so much. (laughs) It also is because we're all so different. We have to be hyper aware that, you know, we don't have very many, I think we have two ones and two twos and then everyone else, you know, is they're the only one of their quote unquote type, you know, I mean, obviously we have a lot of similarities, but, and we just found out a couple of weeks ago that our, our booklet won an Addy, um, a silver Congratulations. We're so stoked about that because we just love this project so much and we love you know, striving to understand each other because we really strive for thought diversity and that thought diversity is found in bringing so many different types of people together and ensuring that we not just have race. And I mean, if you have intentional thought diversity, you will have people who are different races, different genders, different education, different backgrounds, very organically. So we really strive for diversity and inclusion in that way. But can I ask what your Enneagram type is? Is that rude? I don't know what the etiquette <laughs> I don't, okay. So I don't know if there is etiquette. I have my okay. own personal framework. So okay. I'm always happy to share my Enneagram okay. type. I personally don't always ask oh, just okay. because I'm a coach and an expert. And then people like get really into it and they think, oh my gosh, she knows all my thoughts. So I don't want to make people uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> so that's my own personal framework. Cause I want to care for people well, but right. I am an Enneagram seven and I'm always happy to share that with people. <laughs> Fun. Okay. So Kelsey on our team is our Enneagram seven and she's very fun, but she's always that kind of person that motivates us and, you know, drives our team in, a, in very cool ways. So that is so interesting. Okay. So give me an example. And I know that you go around and you train teams. Have you ever seen a team like ours where we just have all the numbers? I mean, are we a little bit rare? Are we not rare? I don't know. I think especially in the advertising world, you might be rare. Only because, well, not necessarily. I think it might be rare that because of the exact size of your team and everybody's right. represented, the larger the team is, the more likelihood that you'll have every rep- everybody represented. I think what is interesting about your team in particular is most advertising agencies who get larger, you've got the strategy team, you've got the project team, you've got the creatives, mm-hmm. you know, and then within those teams, it is unlikely that every number is represented because strategy is going to be like, you know, all eights and fives (laughs) because that's where they're going, you know, and not necessarily, but like in a jokey sense, you get that, you know, and like creatives are going to be a lot of nines and a lot of fours and, and probably some sevens and, you know, like there are different teams, but to have a team where not only are you all represented, but you are intentional about using the Enneagram for success on your team. I think that is what's so powerful. So I think lots of teams have different representations of type. And what I always want to help people do is not just make it a party trick. Like the Enneagram is a fun party trick. (laughs) I mean, it really is. Yeah. We have some experts on our team for sure. 
Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's so fun. (laughs) However, it falls, there's just so much more to it than that. And to use it as a development tool for ourselves to see ourselves grow and change, but also to use it as a way to improve employee engagement, a way to improve communication skills, a way to actually get the work done and the mission of your organization done Mm -hmm. is so much more powerful than just, oh, it's just really fun because, you know, oh, I'm such a three, I do this thing, you know, that's, that's okay. And it is fun, but there's just like, that is the tip of the iceberg of the power of using the Enneagram in the workplace. Yeah. That's so well said, because I think we started that with, you kind of get it. It's the same feeling you get with a Zodiac. Like you just feel validated and seen, right? So there is that phase where you're just like, oh, I'm a blah, blah, blah. I feel so I'm a Ravenclaw. I'm a, you know, there's like (laughs) all these different things. But what really separated the Enneagram for us is exactly what you said was as we started to dive into it, because we, we did kind of travel the same route with the Myers-Briggs, but it didn't have this stick to it. You know, we just didn't have that stick. Although we certainly still utilize that and, and try to understand it as much as possible. But the Enneagram just seems to be an easier way for us to apply. Like, you know, I have a conflict or there is some, you know, how does this person like to be emailed? How do they like to receive criticism? Mm-hmm. You know, if I need to give this person some negative feedback, like how do I do that in a way that is going to be constructive and it's going to have a result that will be better for the team as a whole. For me personally, I always feel an, an enormous responsibility to lead the team in a way that is going to make everyone feel validated and that they have provide value here. And sometimes I can be a little like, like I'm just going to come in and change everything. And not everybody responds like, and the Enneagram has really opened my eyes and made me look when I do that at the faces of the people in the room, mm, like 50% of those that. people are like, yeah. And the other 50% are like, holy, like, you know. <laughs> And now I can understand that a little bit more. I love that so much. And I used to, when I was a faculty leader, so I was in education for 20 years. I was an assistant head of school. And as a faculty leader, I used the Myers-Briggs and we used StrengthsFinders. And I think those tools and the Colby and the DISC have great insight into the how and the what we do, Mm -hmm. how we do it, what we like about it and what we're doing and what's great about it or in where you need to grow, but it's limited because it doesn't get at the root. Mm -hmm. I always think of the Enneagram as the bottom of that pyramid. It is the foundation because it tells us what is driving the preference of extroversion. What is driving the preference of intuition? Because we don't think of that as intuition being a preference, but it is a preference. We can Mm -hmm. learn in other ways and access information differently. But the Enneagram is saying, oh, this is why you need that. This is what the purpose is behind that preference. And so there's so much power in change. Like you Mm -hmm. said, you can adjust for that. And I had an experience one time when I was in a faculty leader and I was meeting at a big conference with some other heads of school and things like that. And we were talking about our Myers-Briggs types and this other person, this other guy had the same type. And he was like, one of the things I run into, cause I was asking him as an older leader, tell me more. And he was saying, oh, I get an idea and my, and my, my people think that's exactly what I'm supposed to do. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Well, as I've dug into the Enneagram, there are lots of ENFPs who are other types and they don't do that thing. 
That's mm-hmm. a seven thing, this brainstorming, this idea and la, 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 la. And as a seven leader, I have to know, and that that is my tendency. And like you said, see the faces mm-hmm. and then communicate. Okay. Wait, these are just ideas. This right. is not go and run. This is idea generation. And as soon as I do that, everybody relaxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we all actually get what I want, which is a great brainstorming session and the best ideas out of the bunch. And then right. the people who are the executors aren't freaking out because how do we do this? What are the implications? They can bring that to the table with some safety, knowing this doesn't have to happen as soon as we walk out of this room. And so that type of work is where I think the depth of the Enneagram can help us mm-hmm. that the other great tools are just a little bit limited in that way. And that's why I love about right. the Enneagram is that, that deeper why. Yeah. Well, and it's really, I love that so much. And it's really when you step outside of just looking at your own type that you begin to truly understand and realize the potential of the Enneagram, because it's so easy to like, uh, you know, be on Instagram and you're just like looking at all of the different validating bits of content that are available Mm -hmm. to you. Yeah. But it really, you know, that for me, it's like, I know these things about myself. So if I want to utilize this tool, I need to be understanding the other types and, you know, associating those and finding ways that I can provide value, uh, validation that I can provide comfort that I can provide resources. And so that's really kind of been the breakdown for us that it's so nice to feel like you're a part of something. Yes. (laughs) And, And then you're like, yes, check and then, you know, figure you know, going yeah. and moving out is, and that's harder and easier for different types of people. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been very interesting. I will say just because this is not a, this is not very workplace related, but holy crap, the Enneagram has been a powerful tool in my marriage and for oh, 100%. my kids. A hundred percent. I mean, yeah. well, because Chantel, you're a whole person, right? Wherever you go there, you are. And so your fears follow you, your strengths follow you. And, and that concept of, cause there are two types of self-awareness and that is they don't stop at the workplace door. I mean, mm-hmm. now at home, they don't stop at my home office door or the kitchen table, wherever we are, the two types of self-awareness. One is understanding our own inner world that mm-hmm. like, what is my inner world? And I have to develop that and understand and cope with myself and lead myself first. Mm-hmm. And there is the self-awareness of other people think differently than I do. And that step is what the Enneagram, I think, provides in such a compassionate way. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, you genuinely don't think the same way that I do. And that follows you home in your marriage. You think about your kids. I raise these people. I've got three high schoolers and an 11 year old, and Mm -hmm. they all think differently, (laughs) so differently. And there's two boys and two girls. And it's not like, oh, the girls think this way and the boys think this way. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. And because of that self-awareness of others think differently, that is when the Enneagram changes us in a way that we can, and just provide not only compassion, but just effectiveness. If I'm Mm -hmm. constantly thinking, everybody thinks like me at work, first of all, you're not going to have great diversity of thought and less creativity, but you're not going to actually get anything done because people act and think differently than you do. You need the other people to fill in those gaps Mm -hmm. and provide something different around the table. I love the, the symbol of the Enneagram. If you just look at the circle and like, it's a table, 
I can mm-hmm. see something differently. So like behind you right now, I can see something you can't. Cause as much as I used to tell my students, I have eyes in the back of my head, I really don't. <laughs> so I need the perspective of somebody else to show me something different. Wow. That's really powerful. And it, I don't know. It just makes me super proud of my team. Cause I feel like everybody's been all in on really understanding one another and striving towards this goal of efficiency and productivity, but also building a great culture and, you know, not just a culture that's full of like buzzwords, but something that we can hold firm and and hold onto as a foundation and really provide some support and protection, I think for our team. Yeah. But it does, I will say it does sometimes make it difficult when we're looking to add people to our team Mm. because I feel sometimes there's a responsibility of not necessarily balance because I love destruction when it's necessary, but you know, you're like, Oh, I wonder if I can find like a grenade thrower, because you know, sometimes that that is like the person who is going to have this exponential idea or is going to change the framework of our team. But then when you, I'm so connected to the individuals on our team too. And I know that that would be very difficult for some people. So whenever we add someone new, it feels like this enormous, enormous responsibility to find an individual that is not just going to fit in, but is also going to bring some disruption as well. And that I think is sometimes too much. Like it's okay to like to, to try and for people to leave and, you know, back and forth, but it can make me a little afraid sometimes to hire someone. Yeah. What's behind the fear of hiring someone? Um, I don't know. I think it's because our team works so hard and I don't like to use the word balance because we're not always balanced, but adding a new individual can be very disruptive, both good and and both bad. Mm -hmm. And so because I feel very protective of the team as it currently is, you never know what an adding a new personality, what adding a new person is going to do for the team. For the longest time, we didn't have a four which was so weird because we're a creative firm. It's just right. weird, right? I mean, it's like, why don't it we is unusual, yeah. you know? And it, it took us a long time. And, but, and, and, and then for me as an eight, the four personality, my, my daughter is a four, but the four personality can be sometimes very difficult for me to understand. Mm-hmm. And then I started to realize, I think I'm the reason why we don't have a four mm. because I'm, I'm afraid I won't be the right leader for that person. And we just had to kind of break that down and be incredibly self-aware about it. And that, you know, this is a great addition that I'm, you know, I'm not going to mess this up, but I I think being hyper aware, sometimes it does create additional fear, but it's just like managing that and making choices that are not necessarily good for me, but good for the team as a whole. Yeah. Well, I love where you got with that. And that's one of the, because, oh, I think it's me. I can adjust this thing. And that's the power of leadership Mm -hmm. of your own influence, your energy, what you see, because actually, you know, that a disruptor on the team can be very beneficial, but you also know that a disruptor on the team can be destructive. Mm -hmm. So because that self-awareness is in you, because you kind of want that. So how do I make the destruction really deconstruction and not just demolition? And because you have that awareness, there's so much power to that for you. And you've done that so well because deconstruction and disruption are really great creative and innovative tools. Mm -hmm. But when they have 
body count on the side, right? <laughs> you know, like people are just left in the wake and don't know what to do. That's when you lose the good people. And you sometimes lose the diversity of thought that's going to make that deconstruction and the reconstruction so powerful. So mm-hmm. I love that that was your self-awareness about that and how you intentionally bring someone onto the team. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh my gosh. I, well, we're, we're going to do this for two hours. I feel like <laughs> that's the potential. And so I think we'll probably have to do a part two, but I definitely want to hear from you. Like if people are hearing about the Enneagram for the first time through Mm -hmm. this um, podcast, or if they want to know more, like what are some of the resources and obviously they should follow you on Instagram. So start with how they do that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have lots of resources for people. So my, yeah. So follow me on Instagram. It's Jen with two N's underscore Whitmer. Um, you can always go to jenwhitmer.com slash freebies and all yeah. the things are there. So all my socials, I hang out the most on Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, I also have a private Facebook community for women who are women leaders who want to use the Enneagram in their business and in their life to improve. So all of that is at jenwhitmer.com slash freebies. I give workshops pretty regularly about how to use the Enneagram and to improve your conflict resolution skills. And then, so those are the, those are free resources, but then of course I do consulting work and speaking and one-on-one and group coaching. And I, I love those opportunities because the team opportunities shape a culture. And I love the ability of getting a group of people in the room and it can change that day. It's so powerful. Mm. And then working one-on-one with people, there is this intense growth from one person to see them grow over time and use the Enneagram in their leadership. And then when you do group coaching, it has a little bit of that similar effect that you're talking about, that diversity of thought. And it allows people who all are wanting to grow hear from different perspectives and, mm-hmm. and learn more deeply. Cause I can only say so much and teach everybody about different things. But when a four tells a story and then the one tells the story, wow. Oh, I get it now. That's how I think. And people have those moments of I've I mean, I logically know you don't think like me, but then I hear it and I'm like, wow, okay. Now I know what to do with that information in a super positive and growth oriented way. So those are the ways that people can follow me and resources. And you have a masterclass, right? I did a masterclass last week. Yes. So it was the masterclass and I will probably do it again. It was really successful and enjoyable. It's still available. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but it'll still be available for a week or two more inside my Facebook group. Okay. Well, you are super successful and enjoyable. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I learned a lot and you saved me. Like what we're um, super transparent on this pod and what most people do not know is behind the scenes. I started and didn't hit record. And Jen was like, sent me a little chat. She's like, are you recording this somewhere else? I'm like, Mm-mm, nope, I'm not. So let's start again. So <laughs> yay, yay! So I appreciate that too. And I will be following you and sharing. I shared some of your like great quotes on um, my Insta stories last night. And then people were DMing me like, oh my God, that's so funny or so true or whatever. So you just create great content and all of us are super magnetized towards what you do. So thank you for putting that out there. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having, it was such a great conversation and yes, we should do more. I would love to continue. 
we should do more. Well, thank you. I appreciate you. And I know our listeners do. If you have, we, you have to follow Jen on all the things. So definitely uh, check out her Insta, her website. If you have questions for her, um, you can send them to us too. Hello at FrancisRoy.com. We thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next Monday with a new guest. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you.